You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that am. So today we're just going to continue on. I don't see any late-breaking amazing news or anything like that. So uh, we're going to continue on with the Twitter questions. So let's get started. Uh, Danielle at DizzyD underscore 87 says... People talk about who can pay Rodgers and take him on, but also he'll want his boys with him. Any place going to offer a vet minimum contract to Cobb or Lewis, maybe even pay Tunyon some money to get Aaron. I don't think it's realistic, but I've thought about it too. I think that's a great question. Look, uh, let's just stick with the Jets because that's kind of where everybody's mind is. I don't think it's that unrealistic, especially if you're talking about a guy like, for example, well, I, I mean, I guess Tunyon or Mercedes kind of makes sense. We're talking about very similar systems. And so, although it's maybe not um, a given, but if you think about tight ends, for example, especially Mercedes Lewis, I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world. You know, one of the benefits with Aaron Rodgers, it's weird because we always talk about like the coaches and how the teams with the overly strict coaches eventually need that young, cool, hip, you know, uh, everybody's friend kind of coach. And that really kind of perks things up a little bit. But then things kind of go downhill, and it gets a little bit too lax, and the players don't have enough discipline, and then you need to get the, uh, you know, the skull cracker in there. So it's not about which one is right or wrong. It's just a matter of what each team specifically needs. And for the Packers, I think they need a little bit more young energy. For the Jets, I think they need some veterans. You know, the Packers have gotten too stale and too static. They need some, some fun. They need some, these young guys running wild. The Jets don't have structure. They do have a new coach that comes from a prolific system, but you got what? You, you, you've got no quarterback. You've got all your wide receivers are young. Your offensive line is young. You don't have any highly established, I mean, I shouldn't say any, but you don't have a, 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 a good core of highly established veterans. Could you imagine if Aaron Rodgers and Mercedes Lewis went into that locker room, how much it could really change the identity of the team? to understand what it takes. I mean, again, you talk about the standard and everything else, and that's not a bad thing. I just think in Green Bay, it's like, we got it, you know? Standard, understood, heard it every day, you know? The Jets, they don't know that. Not from a locker room perspective. 
And to get a guy like Rodgers, who's done it for years at the highest possible level, and Mercedes Lewis, who is the veteran among veterans, I think it'd be beneficial on top of his skill set. You're telling me you wouldn't love a, a highly talented blocker? Matt LaFleur wants him, but the guy who wants to run the Kyle Shanahan offense doesn't. And by the way, the, the same offensive coordinator that wanted to bring him in is uh, in for the Jets right now. Same guy that worked with Tunyon, right? He did work with Cobb. I don't know that he necessarily wanted Cobb, but I, I think you could find one of those guys that's mostly beneficial. And I think, I think Mercedes, if he wants to keep playing and not retire, would make a lot of sense as an enticement uh, to get Rodgers to say, look, we not only have this, we not only have the system that you're familiar with, we not only have the weapons that you desire and the defense that you've always wanted and you know, the, the, the head coach that understands the, the, the right way to do things and structure, discipline, all that stuff. You've got the offensive coordinator that you absolutely love, that you know you guys can work together and make this thing work, and he understands how you operate and you understand how he operates, and he can kind of implement what you like to do because that's a big thing for Rodgers. Remember, this is Rodgers' offense to a large degree. He has a certain way of doing things. That's what everybody talks about. you got to learn the Matt LaFleur offense, and then you got to learn the Aaron Rodgers offense. It's one of the most complicated parts of this offense. Hackett already knows that. He knows how to blend it. He knows how to make it work. So you got that, and then you throw in the teaser of, uh, you know, uh, let's see if Mercedes wants to come over here. Maybe you talk to Mercedes now and just say, hey, man, I'm just curious. If Rodgers agreed to come here, would you come here? And if he says yes, then you've already got it on the table. We got Hackett. We've got a commitment from Mercedes. Are you in? I think it makes sense. I, th- I think another question, although there may be something happening because apparently Rodgers has emerged from uh, darkness, uh, there's some stuff online right now that kind of detailed, which is kind of cool. Apparently it was in Oregon. He didn't go to the one in Germany. It was booked up for 18 months, so Florio can sh- shove it. The guy's so stupid. And uh, there's some pictures online of how it looks. It's actually kind of cool. It's it's First of all, it's all snowy, but it's a little, they described it in ESPN as like a little hobbit looking thing, and that's kind of what it looks like. It's um, it goes underground. It looks like it's in the middle of the woods somewhere, and it's surrounded by like all these stones. So it's all—it's like a stone archway with a door. You walk in, you go downstairs, and it's all—it looks pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. Um, and assuming he didn't give up or walk outside and come back or anything like that, I got to be honest, man, I'm just—I'm impressed. I know everybody's busy mocking and everything else, but this isn't one of those areas where I'm mocking Rodgers. I'm impressed that he had the— um, ability to sit down there for four days, no sound, no light, I'd go insane. Maybe he is insane. I don't know. We'll find out. But uh, what else we got here? Uh, work rules. Work rules? Work rules? I don't know. says, always wondered the decision on putting Brazil in the slot over Stokes. I felt Stokes was a better option inside. One of Stokes' issues the season before was getting lost on the outside a bit, especially tracking a deep ball, always kept up with receivers, but looked lost at times. So I'll just give you my um, thought before looking it up, because I don't know the answer, but I never really thought of him as a slot guy. It could be way off. I kind of saw him as like an improved Kevin King, although Kevin King actually did do pretty good in the slot. Um, but I, I think it's just sort of a general perspe- perspective. When you see a tall, long, physical, uh, straight speed kind of a guy, you assume he needs to be outside. Right, the the smaller, not necessarily have to be smaller, but the shiftier, quicker kind of guys generally are inside. The big, strong, physical, straight line speed guys are on the outside. Stokes falls into the latter category, in my mind, and so he should be on the outside. But let me just look at what PFF had to say about it, because they do have some data on uh, how corners did in the slot. 
And since I'm sure Stokes did spend some time there, we'll see what some of his uh, stats look like. So they don't have grades or anything, but um, obviously Stokes didn't play a ton this year, but he played in five games that were in the slot, six coverage snaps, so very few. Um, Even compared to Innis Gaines, who only played in three games, he had 27 snaps in the slot. Um, But again, very small sample size. We'll check last year. As far as NFL passer ratings go, Jair was the best in the slot, 39.6, then Razul, 75.9. Then Nixon, 84. Innis Gaines, 90. Eric Stokes had a passer rating of 143.8 in the slot. One target, one reception, nine yards, and a touchdown. So <laughs> um, that's a little bit biased. Let's go back to look at 2021. Uh, he didn't play in the slot, apparently, in 2021. But you've got Jair, 68.1. Kevin King, 84. And then Shandon Sullivan, 97.8. So I I guess it sounds like there's there's way too small of a sample size to have any idea. But in his limited time, uh, he gave up a touchdown. So it, it hasn't been super great. But they might explore it. Again, we had Kevin King for, what, three, four years before we tried him in the slot. And suddenly this is like the best we'd ever seen Kevin King. Um, again, it one of the things since we're here that um, definitely stands out is how Jair is clearly the best Um in the slot on the team. I have been pushing against that for a very long time. I like him on the boundary. I think he should stay on the boundary. However, I do think he would be an elite slot corner. So I just want to revisit the idea of potentially drafting a corner in this draft. First of all, Stokes is out for a while. I don't know when he's coming back. It was a gruesome multi-tear injury. Like he broke a bone and tore a bunch of ligaments and everything else. It was bad. Maybe he'll be back early. I I have no idea. I don't know anything about his injury timeline. I just know it was brutal, and they wouldn't even show it on camera. Um, but let's just say we're we're uh, we do draft another corner. First of all, it would be new guy Jair and Razul in the slot. But when Stokes comes back, we've we've got decisions we can make, and we we've got combinations we can use. Jair in the slot is a very real option. The only question is, do we have the best guys on the boundary? But here's the thing. You, you, again, having the ability to be flexible is not a bad thing. If you go up against a team who has a clear number one, let's say you go up against the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, right? Let's just say, let's just make it fun. Garrett Wilson is a guy that plays outside inside. Jair can play outside inside. That's not a bad thing. I'm not saying you need to shadow him 100%, but it's a good thing if you have the ability to say, we're going to put, you know, uh, new guy in Jair and Razul uh, in this package. And then the next time we're going to put, you know, uh, Stokes and new guy and Jair in the slot. Having guys like Razul and Jair that have that outside inside flexibility, as well as having Stokes and new guy who are uh, talented boundary guys, it just gives you a lot of flexibility to be able to do a lot of stuff. On top of the fact that we don't know if Stokes is going to be a good player and Razul is not a long term option, I don't really hate it. It's not the best option. I mean, safety clearly is a bigger need. I'd love to get another edge rusher, offensive line, getting a tackle, maybe another wide receiver, a tight end. All these things would be phenomenal. But I'm just saying, if in the first round, you've got a bunch of late first, early second round prospects, aside from this one guy that is a, in your view, a top 10 prospect who's a corner, what do you do? Do you say nah and trade back and try to get a bunch of value, trade back as far as you can? Or do you just take the corner? I would probably just take the corner. And everybody's going to hate me for it. I mean, if I'm the GM, I'm going to get a bunch of crap. You got Stokes. You got Razul. You got Jair. You don't need that. You could have got Brian Branch. You could have got that today. You could have done this. Well, you didn't see my board, dude. We don't like those guys. Hypothetical, obviously. I don't know what they like. 
But I'll just say as far as Razul in the slot, I don't have enough data to figure that out. But if, if you think there's a skill set there, then yeah, maybe they should do it. Next question from uh, Alexei Grebnev. Hopefully I pronounced that right. Why, just why, did Green Bay extend Jake Hansen? I think it's just a depth thing. I know he hasn't really done anything, but centers are hard to come by. Feels like we always have like 17 different tackles and guards and everything else, but we never really have a lot of centers, and, and Jake Hansen's just that guy. He's never proven to be any good, granted, but we have a starter that is questionable and just not a ton of depth. I mean, you could say Elton Jenkins, but let's be honest, we don't, in, under any circumstances, want to be in a situation where he's our center because he's already filling in for guard because we don't have enough good guards. When, in my estimation, and I know he struggled at tackle, but he struggled at guard too until it suddenly clicked. I have a feeling if we kick him back to tackle, he'll be able to thrive and be a really good tackle. So we have a tackle playing guard because we don't have any guards. I don't want to then move him to center because we don't have any centers. We're devolving. So I I just think it's a depth thing. And he may not make the team. I mean, it's just one of those things you want to hang on to certain guys just to make sure you have enough to play football. And then you let the draft happen and you let free agency happen and you get a big pile of guys and then on cut down, you see where we're at. But um, I think that's all it is. It's not a big commitment to Jake Hansen. It's just a guy that they've been working with and they've been growing and they've been trying to improve and uh, they they need depth at the position. He is a pure center. And so um, I think that's all it is. It's nothing super serious, I think, that we need to worry about in terms of, you know, the Packers again falling in love with a guy that's useless. We just, we just need bodies. And who knows, maybe he ends up becoming something. That, who was that? The other, um, I think it ended up being a massive fail, but they, they fell in love with somebody. I think he was a guard. It was like, man, maybe he really is developing into something. And then he played and it was just a disaster. Maybe it was Hanson. Was it Hanson? It might've been. Did they put him at guard or something? And it was a disaster. Who was that? I don't know. I can't remember. I, I, it wasn't Sean Ryan. It was somebody else. It was somebody that was like, oh man, we finally got this guy ready to go. It's pretty cool. I think it might have been Hanson. I think they were trying him at guard or something, and it was just a complete, which is probably why you're upset about it. <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put too much into it. All righty. Next question is from Coda Trout at Trout Coda. Try to sell me on a scenario on how each team in the North could dominate the division for the next decade. Oh man. I was excited about the question until I read the last uh, thing there. Well, in, in a sense, it's a little easier because if you talk about this year, it's a little bit of a tough sell, but I mean, let's start with the Packers. It's Jordan Love is Aaron Rodgers 2.0. That's the simple answer. And it's very similar for the Bears. If, if, um, the heck is the guy's name? I should know. I say his name more than I say Aaron Rodgers' name on this podcast. Justin Fields, if he takes that next leap as a passer, considering what he was able to do with his legs, if he can even be a semi adequate, you know, let's say top. 15-ish, which I guess, I mean, if, if Rodgers was like 12, I mean, if he could play at the level that Rodgers played this year or even slightly worse and have the ability that he had with his legs and they spend all that money to get some veterans in the building and they continue to draft well, it's game over. I mean, look, for every team, it's going to come down to the quarterback, I think. The Lions, I mean, they've got a great structure, unbelievable locker room and leadership with the head coach and and the players within there guys like Jamal Williams and everything else having the right mentality and attitude they play at 100%. I don't know if they get there with golf. That might be the the thing that holds them back. It's not impossible, but he's not really going to get you over the hump. At best it ends up being like a uh, 
an Eagles situation where you got a guy that's good enough. And I, I hate to keep picking on the guy, but, you know, he's in a great situation. So it's, it's a natural thing to say that he's getting a lot of help. It would be easier if they end up at some point, you know, getting a quarterback. And I think next year would be that target. So this year they continue to do what they're doing. They build in the trenches. They've got a great offensive line. They've got a good pass rusher. If they can get another pass rusher, they got two picks in the first round. If they can get another pass rusher and either a defensive tackle or corner or safety or whatever in the first round, and then, of course, add a couple other pieces, and then maybe next year get that quarterback if things don't super pan out, which is kind of tough. I don't know. Maybe they have another first round next year, too. I don't know. I know they were accumulating a ton of picks, but, um, you know, assuming they they either make the playoffs or just miss it again, it's going to be uh, tough to get one of the quarterbacks. But let's just say that's the case. Um, and then for the Vikings, I mean, it's tough to to be super specific because they're brand new and they, they kind of have to tear everything apart and rebuild it in the image of the, the coaching staff. And I do think Kirk Cousins could be the guy. Um, but I also think that they've been trying to move on from him for a long time, so I don't think it will be. But, you know, I mean, the... the, the the path for the Vikings to dominate the division is to, I mean, you're, you're, you're basically talking about a blank slate, you know? I mean, you got Justin Jefferson, and then it's question marks across the board. They got a couple of good offensive linemen. The running back room is, is a giant question mark. None of those guys are a part of the future. I don't think the quarterback's a part of the future. Three out of the five, I think, offensive linemen are question marks. The entire defense, I mean, Zadarius is gone. Daniil, I don't know. That scheme that they're running is a disaster for him. So, I mean, again, I, I see that team as a complete blank slate. How do they do it? They just they just get the right pieces and play well, I guess. I don't know. It's tough with the Vikings. Undefeated interim flag football coach at Bagged Hay says, non-football related, what is the best sausage? Well, being a Wisconsinite, I got to say, I'm a, I'm a big sucker for brats. I've got my robot here uh, listing them off here. We got kielbasa, number seven, boudin noir. Uh, we're getting into some crazy stuff now. Portuguese sausage, Weisswurst, Cumberland sausage. Let's let's read the, the top 10 list that they came up with. My answer is uh, brats, by the way. But the, the top 10 list that Mr. Robot came up with, chorizo, bratwurst, Italian sausage, um, all those are delicious. Andouille, I'm not super familiar with. I know that's kind of like a Louisiana thing. Merguez, which is a North African sausage made with lamb and beef. Kielbasa, smoked Polish sausage. Dude, I'll tell you what, Polish sausage? That stuff, I used to go to uh, my aunt and uncle's house, and nobody else liked it. It was weird. But my aunt is mega Polish, right? She always told me to uh, marry a Polish girl. I did not follow her advice. Uh, aunt Irene, I apologize. But, um, that I mean, she's extremely Polish. Anyways, go to her house and there would always be like a crock pot full of these Polish sausages. Dude, I would crush those things. I would just, I'd, I'd keep walking in there. If nobody's around, I'd just like start shoveling them. Then somebody shows up and you put like one on a plate, like, oh, I'll have one of these. I'll try one of these. I've had like seven already. And then it's just like, dude, those are so good. And I don't know if it's just like the way she cooked it or if it's just they're good. I don't know. But those things, which I've never had anywhere else aside from their home, um, I love them. And I know they weren't super popular with a lot of other people, but I thought they were delicious. So it's kind of in the running, but I'm just going to say bratwurst is, uh, is the best sausage. Um, continuing on the list, uh, uh, Boudin. Oh, yeah, we, we got this. Boudin Noir. So we're good. I feel like there's some good ones missing. Like, I mean, I mean, hot dog wouldn't be on my list, but 
That's a sausage, right? Technically, it's meat stuffed in a casing. Tell you what, though, the uh, beef hot dogs, man, pretty dope. All right, we got some Thomas Austin questions. If you are in a crime syndicate, what is your role? I mean, I'm not going to say anything other than the boss, right? The Don. It's my role. I mean, it's fake. I made it up. I get to make up the rules. 19. Have you heard of the Thomas Austin show now on Spotify? I have, and I subscribed, and I would encourage everybody else to do so. I have not gotten through all the episodes, but um, I'm glad you're doing it, man. I think you got a pretty fun personality, and uh, I think there's a lot of people that are going to be interested in in listening to your ramblings and musings. It's always going to be awkward in the beginning. You're going to listen back to it and go, that wasn't super great. And it probably isn't, but the second episode gets better, the third episode gets better, and then at some point you're at like 2,000 episodes, and uh, it's all just, I mean, it's like breathing. Uh, What's the most you've lost on a bet? I don't really bet much. I mean, I, I, I played poker back in the day. Probably like 20 bucks or something. I do know I lost $50 uh, in the Bahamas. It went fast. Playing blackjack, it, I felt like it was like 20 seconds and it was gone. Otherwise, most of the bets in college were uh, like drinking related and whatnot. Some of those were pretty brutal, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. So I'll just say $50 playing uh, blackjack. What should I try grilling this year? Well, I don't know if you're talking about I've grilled a lot in my life and I want to think of something different, or if you're talking about like I'm kind of new to this sort of thing. My go-to advice to everybody is the pork chop because it needs to be rediscovered. It needs to be re-understood. Most people grew up like our age, 30s, maybe 20s, 40s, I don't know. Anybody older than me for sure. Um, you would get these garbage pork chops. You'd like put them in the, on the stovetop or the oven or something. You'd cook it until it's shoe leather. And um, I didn't hate them. They were fine, but when I think about, you know, things you put on the bur- uh, on the grill, like burgers or even like grilled chicken or uh, obviously steaks and you think about a pork chop, like, dude, that doesn't belong in the same category, but I'm telling you, it does. And if you want to be more ambitious, just go get a pork loin, big old bad boy, not, not the tiny, I mean, you can get the tiny one, that's fine, but if you find those big ones, I cut them into sections of like four, that's where it's at, man. That is where it's at. And then finally, he says, if you could erase one football player from the history books, who would it be? Oh, man. I mean, it's got to be somebody that tarnished. um, I'm trying to think of like criminals or something that just really stained everything. I don't know. Or I could just go with, uh, what's his name? Tony Mandrich. Sounds mean to say erase him, but it is kind of a black spot. Maybe Kevin King for the same reason, just so people stop pissing and moaning about it. I don't really know, and I don't want to get too deep, so I'll just say Mandrich. Is it Mandrich or Mandrick? I never remember. Uh, Curly Lambo at Twitteruni. How much is Murphy's forced retirement at the end of 2024 playing into decisions now? If love isn't it, do Gut and Matt LaFleur have enough goodwill built up to survive the new Prez? Conversely, if they go all in and destroy the 2024-25 cap, hard to see a new guy sticking with them. So I do remember talking about this way back in the day when we first heard about this, um, or when I first heard about it. I didn't really know it. Some people, maybe it was common knowledge. I don't know. But um, if you didn't know, Mark Murphy is required to retire at a certain age or whatever, um, step down. And um, I do remember thinking, you know, what if... It's not as much Goot or Rogers or anybody else. And I kind of forgot about this theory, but what if it was Murphy 
who has a limited window himself, saying, I want one more. Let me have one more. I feel like he wouldn't do that, but who knows? Maybe he pushed. Even if he didn't outright say that's the reason, what if he pushed and that's the reason? And then the question becomes, and and obviously this flies in the face of uh, Bob McGinn, but then the question would become, is he still pushing? Because there's still a limited window. And you have to assume if you're moving on, then you're not going to get another one. I mean, maybe, but it's a long shot. As far as the next part, if love isn't it, do Gut and Matt LaFleur have enough goodwill built up to survive the new president? <sighs> I mean, it's, it's a fair question considering many people, myself included, are starting to question Matt LaFleur. Um, just, I mean, just based on what, what exactly is it he brings to the table? Um, the locker room stuff, the leadership stuff, I've severely questioned. I feel like, and this is entirely speculative, but well, it, it doesn't matter. It's just a question mark. Then you look at the offense and you look at the scheme and you say, look how successful it was. And I don't disagree with that, but you have a question now of the NFL evolving right? As it always does. NFL offenses are evolving. And so if we go another couple years and and we're not playing well, Jordan Love is not doing well, and we realize we need to move on. Now, Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur are somewhat different questions. Specifically looking at Matt LaFleur, if we now are looking at the NFL landscape and saying this is no longer the dominant scheme, there's something newer, better, fresher out there. That doesn't mean you have to move on and go get somebody, but the guy you have has to be bringing something to the table. Table. I mean, there's a lot of different schemes going on that are winning, but you can't use that as a, yeah, but he's like at the forefront of this thing that's just dominating the league. If that's not a thing anymore, that goes out the window. The leadership thing, the locker room thing, that all goes out the window. The quarterback development thing, that goes out the window because we just said that Jordan Love didn't pan out. So the question becomes, what is he bringing to the table? Now, there's a lot of ifs in there. And maybe, you know, they go back and look at it and say, I think the offense looks great. And I think the offense is still sort of on that cutting edge. I think it's an offense that's, that can succeed. And most importantly, it's an offense that um, is quarterback friendly, which, which takes a little bit of pressure off the GM to find the next Aaron Rodgers. You know, I don't need a top three guy. I need a top, you know, 15 guy, top 10, maybe. So we'll have to kind of reevaluate because there's a lot of variables. But yeah, I, I, I think it's a big question mark if basically we look back and say there were kind of two good years. 2019, we had a pretty good record, but that team was iffy. 2020 was great, but Rodgers was playing out of his mind. 2021 was, was solid, but again, Rodgers, Devontae, that whole thing. Rodgers starts playing not so great, and Devontae leaves, and we don't have an offense anymore. And we can say that's on Rodgers or that's on this or that or the other, but if Love comes in and we still don't have an offense and it's, you know, you know I mean, questions are going to have to be asked. So yeah, there's a lot of pressure to succeed. And then as far as Gutekunst, I mean, again, it just comes down to if we're not succeeding, why? And I always say it comes down to it's either the coach or the GM. It has to be. Why aren't we succeeding? If it's where we, if we have good players, in other words, the GM's doing a great job. If we have the right players, then why aren't they succeeding? That's on the coach. And if we don't have great players, that's, that answers your question. It's the GM. So yeah, it's either win or got to start asking serious questions. And then finally, conversely, if they go all in and destroy the 20s, um, hard to see a new guy sticking with them. I'm not entirely sure I understand what that means. New guy is in like the new leadership isn't going to want to stick around? Or you mean the new guy is not going to want to stick with them? 
Yeah, I don't know because, I, I, yeah, I, I, that's it's hard to say. I mean, if you come into an absolute mess and you realize the GM that's sitting there went, was the one that created this mess, you might be tempted to say, "You're you, okay, you, you made a plan, it sucked. I'm not a fan of this. And there's immediate questions for Gutekunst just sitting there. But anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a break right Shia? If you'd like to support the podcast, it would be greatly appreciated. You can do so for as little as $1 a month over at patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Thank you so much to Mike Luther and David. I think I might have said thanks to Mike already, but thank you again. David, thank you so much for your pledge as well. You guys are awesome. So glad to see you guys starting to come back. Hope that means that things are getting better for everybody. Also, please remember to check out Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. You can find them at fertilegroundranch.org. If you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. And we continue with Mike at Titletown Mike. Favorite pizza topping. I've touched on it a couple times, but um, I'm good with cheese, to be honest. I know most people hate that, but um, probably, usually my favorite is pepperoni. That's just my go-to. Just give me a plain old pepperoni pizza. There are some places that make really good sausage. Uh, I think they're few and far between. Most pizza sausage, especially, they they have sort of that freezer pizza stuff. Um, It's gross. Not a fan. But um, 
you find a place, I know down in Illinois where I lived, there was a lot of places they'd get sausage. They got those big old hunks of sausage on it. Man, that would be probably my go-to if you can find it. Otherwise, just give me pepperoni. There are some weird ones out there. I mean, you can get like a meat lovers with a ton of different meat on it. Um, the mac and cheese pizzas, I think are delicious. I mean, you can get weird with it and have some good stuff. Um, I remember back in the day when Pizza Hut came out with their uh, buffalo chicken. The first time I ate it, I was like, oh, this is not good. And then I got it again and I started to really like it. And that was kind of just like me, me and my buddy, John, he'd come over to my house and we would just get that buffalo chicken pizza every time. Watch some like uh, UFC stuff. It's good times. By the way, one of the funniest stories ever. <laughs> me and my buddy, John, just being complete idiots. We, uh, we go over to the phone and it's one of those phones that, you know, is on the wall and stuff. Hopefully some of you know what that means. It was wireless, so, you know, we were fancy with it. But there was a button, and we had no idea what the button did, but you would push it, and then you could play it back. And we're like, that's a weird feature for a phone to have. So we started playing with that. And by the end of us messing around with this, I don't even know how to describe it, but my friend was in the other room screaming, Ron Jones! And I was kind of yelling and screaming at him to shut up and... It sounded almost like a domestic violence situation. So anyways, we were done with that. Like, all right, that was, that was funny. We play it back. We were laughing. We were cracking up. And then um, we go back. We're eating pizza, watching, uh, was it Ultimate Fighter or whatever, the UFC competition show back when that first started. So this was probably like 2003, 2004. And we're just chilling. And phone rings. Somebody's calling for my dad. We just let it ring. Turns out what we had done is changed the voicemail message. And so... <laughs> This guy's calling, trying to get a hold of my dad, and there is like a three-minute-long screaming session of absolute nonsense, and we just got a blank stare on our face, and the guy listened to the whole thing, and then when it was done, we just hear, click. (laughs) We were in freaking tears the entire day. That was the greatest thing ever. Uh, Monsmoy, White Farmers' Lives Matter. Monsmoy won. Must be uh, from South Africa. Let's say Jordan Love proves himself to be worthy of the next long-term Green Bay quarterback after his fifth-year option. What sort of money do you think he'll command in a second contract? That's a great question that I've wondered about a lot. I mean, could he honestly come in for one year, tear up the league, and then just be the highest-paid quarterback in football? Is that a thing? Is there any precedent for that? I mean, if he just comes in and proves, like, I'm that dude. He comes in, just looks like Pat Mahomes. He scores, he gets like 45 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, just shreds the league. Could he just go to his agent and be like, all right, I want my money? And then would the Packers just be like, yeah, you for sure, dude? I don't know. I, I, I honestly have no idea. Now, if we talk about two years, because you mentioned his fifth year option, so he would potentially maybe play this year and then next year. And if he's, if he's shredding it, there, there's no doubt if he can do that in over two years. He gets the big money contract. In terms of what that means, I don't know. But I mean, for in my mind right now, 50 is sort of that baseline. By the time 2025 rolls around, I don't know. Are, are, we, are we touching 60 as an average? 55? I don't know. But that's sort of the question for me. If he comes in for one year and tears it up. And then you kind of wonder, too, if there's kind of like this weird um, or d- difficult decision to make. In other words, the Packers will offer, let's say, we'll, we will offer you right now a contract worth, you know, and, the, and, and the, obviously the details as far as guarantees and all that, I don't know, but let's just talk in terms of averages because that's what we usually talk about. We'll give you a contract worth like 42 
because it's one year and we're not sure. It's a lot of money and you are set for life and you will be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers for a long time because it's going to be a long-term contract. Say it's a six-year contract or something or a six-year extension at $42 million and you're going to get like a $100 million signing bonus or something ridiculous that goes directly into your bank account. You are rich beyond your wildest dreams because you did because you played in like 17, 18 games, depending on how far we got. What if he wins a Super Bowl? <laughs> what if they win the Super Bowl, but Jordan Love wasn't that great? What if he was just mediocre? You know, there's so many different questions. But anyways, let's go back to the original thing. What, what if they say we're going to give you 42, set for life, blah, blah, blah. But if you do that again next year and then come back to the table, you're looking at like 60-ish. Me personally, I'm a bird in the hand guy. However, that does suck because all the other guys are getting massively paid. And if you believe in yourself and you know that you are that dude and you know that you can come back and do it again and, and you can at least prove it's not a fluke, because the bottom line, you don't even have to be the number one guy to get the top contract. You just got to prove that you are that dude. I don't care if you're the fifth best or sixth best. I'm the guy. No questions asked. And I want that top quarterback money. Or I'm walking. And you know what the team's going to say? Fine. You got it. We, we, we got a guy. We'll build around him. Top 10 quarterback. That's a tough decision, though. You know, if they lowball you after that first year, and you, I mean, and again, you could play hardball and say, I'm not signing. That's BS. I will go somewhere else. Although you can't because we have the fifth year option and we're not trading you. I don't know. I don't know. That, my, my, my only concern is number one, you completely tank. You know, it, it's just a bad year. Or obviously, the bigger one, you get massively injured and now you lose all that money. I don't know. I really don't. It'd be interesting. Once again, Thomas, um, in lieu of me saying, man, I don't know, I can't really think of anything, I'm not that creative, we're going to turn it over to the computer. Excuse me, the robot, I apologize. So the robot generated 10 names. I have a favorite, but I think what I'm going to do is allow you guys to come up with your own. You can message me or call in to Packernet After Dark uh, and let me know what your favorite is. Ready? Here's the top 10 list for my personal wrestling finishing moves. And by the way, uh, this uh, robot is kind of a sissy. When I first put it in, it was like, oh, that's violent. I can't do that. I'm like, dude, I just need the names. I don't need you to describe how I crack a skull open, okay? Just give me a list of names, you freaking pansy. Anyways, the Lambo Leap Leg Drop, Cheesehead Crusher, Packer Powerbomb, Frozen Tundra Tombstone Pile Driver, Town Tornado DDT, the Wisconsin Whirlwind Suplex, the Green Bay Gut Buster, Fourth and Goal Frog Splash, Packers Playmaker Pile Driver, and the Lambo Lariat. I don't know what a Lariat is, but that's also an option. I'm going to ask him what the heck a Lariat is. No, apparently it's a wrestling move. Uh, a Lariat is a wrestling move that involves a clothesline delivered with the wrestler's arm or elbow. So the Lambo Lariat. All right, that's pretty dope. You can probably tell my favorite because I laughed when I when I got to it, but oh <laughs> uh, yeah anyways let me know your favorite on the top 10 list i'll just tell you my, mine is the green bay gut buster i don't know why i just think it's funny plus it's just feels like a wisconsin-y thing you know green bay gut buster <laughs> oh anyways thomas austin second question do you plan on seeing any movies in the theater this year i don't know i don't really do the theater um it's something that i sometimes will do with my oldest daughter when there's a new uh marvel movie or something Otherwise, I don't usually go. Plans for anniversary. Well, we still haven't uh, done anything for our last anniversary. I mean, I, I, I got her a gift, but uh, we still got to go out on our, 
on our date. <laughs> no, I don't have plans for anniversary. Best states based solely on capitals' names. Oh, my goodness. All right, let me get the robot to give me a list here. It's so nice to not have to Google stuff. So much faster. So we got Montgomery, Juneau, Phoenix, Little Rock, Sacramento, Denver, Hartford, Dover, Tallahassee, Atlanta, Honolulu, Boise, Springfield, Indianapolis, Des Moines, Topeka, Frankfurt, Baton Rouge, Augusta, Annapolis, Boston, Lansing, St. Paul, Jackson, Jefferson City, Helena, Lincoln, Carson City, Concord, Trenton, Santa Fe, Albany, Raleigh, Bismarck, Columbus, Ohio, uh, Oklahoma City, Salem, Harrisburg, uh, Providence, Columbia, Pierre, Nashville, Austin, Salt Lake, Montpelier, Richmond, Olympia, Charleston, Madison, Cheyenne. I'm going to be honest, none of these are striking me as uh, anything super incredible. Um, Tom, I tell you what, man, (laughs) I don't really know. I mean, I guess you could take all the ones with like the president's names because that's great, I guess. What do you got? Uh, Madison, Lincoln, there's Columbus. I know that's a different thing, but it's a dude. Otherwise, I just look at the ones that have that are cities that I like appreciate or want to go to. I mean, Tallahassee's stupid. I'll just say that. I don't like it. I don't know. None of them. None of them are interesting. I mean, New Mexico has Santa in it, so I'll just say that's the best one. He says XFL, pretty fun, right? I didn't watch a ton of it. We'll see. We'll see if it sticks. I don't know. Didn't massively get into it, but it was fine. It's the largest jigsaw puzzle you've completed. I know my grandpa was super into them. I don't, I don't think I've ever sat down and did one by myself, but it's some of those. I don't even know what are big ones. Like, was it 5,000 or something? I don't know. 500, 1,000? I don't know. Me personally, by myself, maybe I've done like a 500. I don't, I have no idea. I haven't done, I haven't done a puzzle in a long time. Um, Kerbert Zella at Kerbert Zella 6969, original. Are you or are are you or are you related to Longmont Potion Castle? What? Robot. What is Longmont Potion Castle? Pseudonym by an anonymous prank caller and underground musician based in Colorado. He's known for his bizarre and often absurd prank calls, which involve him calling up unsuspecting individuals and using various voices, voice distortions and sound effects to create confusing and entertaining interactions. Been active since the 80s and released numerous albums and CDs featuring his prank calls. True identity has never been revealed. I gotta listen. Does it sound like my voice or something? Cult following and considered a pioneer of the prank call genre. I mean, he uses a a voice fake thing, so I doubt it sounds like me. His calls often involve him pretending to be a character with an unusual name, such as Dildano or K-Boy, and engaging in surreal and nonsensical conversations with his unsuspecting targets. All right, we gotta do a little bit of this. This is what we have to do now. I have a feeling the bleep button is going to be needed. Longmont Potion Castles, Freaky Bucky Calls. Okie dokie. Here we go. Hello? This is Super Cheap. Super Cheap. Yeah. How's it going? My name's Fred. And, hi. Uh, uh, hi. I was calling to see whether Super Chief might want to house the uh, upcoming Tom Hanks exhibit. It's called Pork Chop Surprise. And uh, that is so cool. Yeah. That, I thought I heard Tom Hanks. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I'm just trying to field this for him, help him out a little bit. It would be free to patrons, 
but like they say, the ride without a ticket is always the most expensive ride. Am I right? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, right. So, yeah. yeah, right. So maybe we could do like a coin for a taco kind of thing while they're there. But the exhibit would feature like an orb within an orb. Uh, I'm just here to observe. So let me know if I need to chill. But I'd like to know if we could do this. I mean, why make life difficult for each other? Yeah, when were you thinking? Let's see. Well, at a recent youth fest. I'm not going to lie. This is a talent. To be able to just say nonsense and make it flow so naturally. I want to. I'd like to just try that to see if I could do it, because it it really is. It's impressive what he's doing right now. Festival. A group used a triple kick pedal, so that was kind of the genesis of this whole thing. And this is really happening. So maybe Halloween. Tom is heading to Gruesome Gulch. Uh, so when he gets back. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, if there ever were a good lord. How do you know, Lord. Tom? Well, you know, I'm small. I'm not a planet. And like I said, I'm just here to observe. But uh, I was looking on the dark web at Bunga Bunga. And that's how I found out about what he was kind of floating it out there. So it was unseen by a lot of people. Like It is funny because I, I, again, I was a different kind of guy back in like high school. I swear I could have done this back in the day. I've been like domesticated over the years. But I'm positive I could have been something like this when I was younger, but uh, I don't know. I want to see if I still got it in me because I, I don't know if anybody else is laughing. I find this hilarious. Okay, say so we can get the whole thing going. People will be doing somersaults for hours afterwards. I mean, it's worth a try. Yeah, right. Pigeons can't drop on you if they never flew. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hello? Hi, Super Chief? Yeah, yeah. Oh, hi, yeah. Uh, this is little Freddie Colin. I talked to the girl about the Tom Hanks thing. Okay. Um, I just, yeah, I'm sorry. We have a, we have a lot of calls come in. So I'm not quite sure. Well, yeah. Pork chop surprise is the new installation. Tom Hanks wanted to put together. I was just kind of fielding this form to see if this might be a good venue. If you guys had any availability around. Hall. Anyways. Uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to spend a lot of time, a lot of time. Thanks a lot. For that, by the way, I'll be spending a lot of time doing that. Wasting my life away. What do you mean by that, by the way? (laughs) Maybe I already do it with all my rambling nonsense. Gary says, let's talk about rules that need to be revised. The number one I always go to is when you fumble out of bounds in the end zone, the other team gets the ball. I hate that. I think that's stupid. Do something else. Do anything else. I don't care what it is, but the other team shouldn't get the ball. You can put the ball back where they had it. You can put it back on the 25. You can put it on the 50 for all. I don't care where you put it. You can't just give it to the other team. It's basically a touchdown, and he dropped it a half a second beforehand, and the other team gets the ball. I hate that. That's so stupid. All right, we got to a JJ list here. Um, He says, NFC North. True. Next question says, we currently have no safeties or tight ends. I agree with that. How will 23 defense evolve? Um, I haven't put any thought into that, so I don't exactly know. I mean, considering everybody's coming back, I think we're going to be kind of doing what we did last year. The only difference being, how would the defense change based on maybe some of the guys that are gone, like Adrian Amos and whatnot? And my assumption would be it's not going to, because I don't think Joe Barry, and I don't, I don't exactly know where you are headed with this question, but 
I think he wants to run things the way he wants to run things. So it's not a matter of how are we going to adapt. It's a matter of I want to keep doing what I'm doing. So we need to go get the pieces so that I can do what I want to do is what I would assume we're going to be doing. We haven't had a right tackle since Balaga. I agree. That's why I'm pushing so hard for Elton to get back there. I would like that to happen. Um, If not, I do think it's a priority that we get one. Old Packers traditions we need to retire. New ones we should start. Um, Standing and screaming would be great as far as something to start. Old Packers traditions we should retire. um, Telling people to be quiet, telling people to sit down, being quiet ever, stuff like that. Do you have any hidden talents? If I had a single talent, you'd know it. (laughs) Because I'd be bragging about it. Um, I don't think I really have too many talents. I mean, there's stuff that I'm better at than others, but there's not like that one thing that's like, dang, he's really good at that. Not that I've really discovered. Bet on a young Packer we forgot about who might break out. All right, let's put it, put together a list of options here. Who are the young guys that we all forgot about? There's two tackles by the name of Rashid Walker and Caleb Jones. We just talked about tackles. I think they're long shots, but I think they both were really impressive and both surprised a lot of people. Granted, a lot of people already like Rashid Walker, but... Um, the, the, the bottom line is they're just not really brought up in the conversation, right? It's like, okay, what are we going to do at right tackle? I guess we put Zach Tom there, please, with the chair. I guess we put Zach Tom there. Maybe we kick Elton out, da, da, da. But is anybody asking the question? What about Rashid? What about Caleb Jones? There are options. Um, I'm not going to say Josiah because I've been banging that drum forever and I just look dumber every time I talk about him. Jordan Love, I guess. Not really forgotten. I mean, I saw somebody mention it, so I'm kind of cheating, but I do think the best answer is Eric Stokes. I mean, we forget about the fact that we took him in the first round. He seemed kind of promising the next year, maybe not as much, but he got hurt. You know, is there a chance that, you know, even with the injury, he could take a third-year leap, really feel comfortable in the system? If he can become like a dude, I mean, it really does transform our defense. If we have two guys, let's say Jair isn't like top three like he was that one year, but he's still like a top 20, top 15 corner. And what if Stokes is too? We have two top 15 corners. What does that do for our defense? I know we don't have safeties. I get it. But two lockdown corners is a big freaking deal. With Razul being a solid option in the slot, three really good corners on a defense. And then we get Rashawn back terrorizing quarterbacks. I mean, my concern, let me put it this way. My concern level for our defense plummets if you tell me that Eric Stokes becomes a stud in 2023. So that's probably the best option. Um... There really aren't a ton of other options, but I, I, I guess you'd go with like Rasheed Walker as a number two. You could say Samori Ture, but I don't really think he's forgotten. And I also really doubt his breakout in comparison to a guy like Stokes. Maybe you could say Kingsley, but I, I again, not really forgotten and more doubts. Dennis says, how many ish PFF drafts have you done? What's the craziest outlier so far? Which is your favorite team offering a trade? I'm going to be honest, I don't do a lot of mock drafts. Uh, If I do, I don't use, well, maybe I do use simulators. That's not true. Um, But for the sake of your question, we're going to do one right now. I could actually make my robot do it. That'd be kind of fun. Do you know that? You know you can make the robot do a mock draft? Yeah, everybody's making fun of me because I got my little robot and nobody thinks it's that cool. Great, me and my robot do mock drafts together. So, you know, here's what it is, I guess. No big deal. But I'll tell you what I do for you. We're going to do, I'm not going to do it live. I'll do five mock drafts and I'll give you the answer to your question real quick. All right, let's get it started. Number one, what do we got here? Nothing super crazy that I can see. Uh, No ridiculous people that fell to me. I do see Anthony Richardson win at nine to the Carolina Panthers as somebody that doesn't necessarily want him. 
that's kind of cool because it pushed somebody further to us. Uh, Brian Branch also went six to the Lions, which is super interesting. I think I just recently talked about that being a good fit. Witherspoon went five. Dang. But uh, that gives us some options here. Peter Skaronsky, Brian Brzee, which again is is tumbling down the boards. Jordan Addison, Broderick Jones, Miles Murphy, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. As I mentioned, I'm kind of lean in tackle, so I think I'm just going to go with Skaronsky here. All right, that's it. I didn't get any trade offers either. Do they just send them to you, or how does that work? All right, here we go. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Pretty similar. I've got um, Skaronsky's gone this time. Richardson again goes to the Panthers. They must really like that idea. It's a lot of the same stuff. Branch went five to the Seahawks this time. But it's, I mean, it's pretty similar. It's just uh, Paris Johnson instead of Skaronsky sitting here. I think I'm going to pick Broderick Jones just because I feel like it and I like that guy. So there you go. Broderick Jones, number two. Nobody sent me a trade offer. Oh, you know what? I think they sent him. I just have to look. All right, we got three more. Is there like a tab for it or something? Oh, yeah. There's three little trade things here. What do we got? Um, I think. I don't see. I see a three next to trade, but I don't see anything that's actually being offered. I just see a thing where I can pick what I want the trade to be. I don't know. I don't know how this works. Anyways, um, we have Kalijah Cansey, who is not a name that I've heard of. This must be a PFF favorite. Not opposed to that. I mean, I I, I haven't even looked at him because I he's not on the consensus big board as far as being up this early. Um, but let's just assume he was top of the board. Would you be opposed to a defensive tackle? Be a little weird because we've already got a guy and then we just drafted a guy. We get a third guy, but I'm not entirely opposed to it. Uh, we got Skaronsky here again, Brzee again here. A lot of the same guys. Uh, this time Paris Johnson went, so we've got, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of the same stuff. I mean, again, if I was in this spot, I'd probably take Skaronsky. If not, Broderick Jones. If not him, Miles Murphy's sitting here. It's another guy that, you know, if you draft Miles Murphy, it's like, yeah, right, he would never make it. Well, okay, dude. I don't know. We'll take Miles Murphy. What was that, number three? Not super crazy yet. Exact same list again. Peter Skaronsky, Brian Bazee, Jordan Addison, Broderick Jones, Miles Murphy. So we'll go with uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba this time. All right. One more mock to go. <laughs> I mean, I see it says teams interested. That's what that means. But nobody's actually, like, offering me anything. So I don't know. Um, and again, same exact list. Peter Skaronsky, Brian Brzee, Jordan Addison, Broderick Jones, Miles Murphy, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Uh, we'll go Zay Flowers this time. Ba-boom. There you go. There's my five mock drafts. As to your question, the craziest outlier, what would it have been? Paris Johnson, I guess. I guess you just said favorite team offering a trade. I should have just been paying attention, but I wasn't. Sorry. I've done a lot of Lions drafts, and once in a while, Will Anderson falls to six, which would be cool. Fair enough. Uh, Matt Ingalls says, new topic, classic cars and Packers stars. So I was never a big car buff, but my brother, insanely, uh, stepbrother, his dad is a car mechanic. So he was massively into cars. I remember him making me take apart an engine one time in the garage and it was the worst experience of my life. It was so stupid and so boring. And the entire point of taking this thing apart was so we could put it back together. Wow. (laughs) That was not how I was wired as a kid, but he just, he thought that was great. But the one car that sticks out of my, well, you know, I know at one point we, we kind of went through this phase or whatever where, and I just talked about this recently, you know, the, the IROC and the, that kind of stuff, Z28. But for whatever reason, the, the one that sticks out of my mind is the uh, 57 Chevy. I don't know why, I just know it was a, a thing, but it was a Chevy guy for sure. I know he was in the... Uh, he and my dad, and my dad was an airline mechanic, so he was kind of, had, had that similar 
mindset. I know they were both uh, Chevy people, sort of, I don't want to say anti-Ford, but at the same time, my parents always drove like Toyotas and uh, that kind of stuff. But anyways, yeah, I'm not much of a of a big car guy. If I had a bunch of money, I, I would not be one of those guys that had like 16 cars. It's funny because when I, one of the things I noticed when you try to buy cars or look at cars, 90% of the photos are about the outside. Everybody cares about what it looks like on the outside, you know? And then you got, you know, car guys care about what's under the hood, but I care about what the inside look. I'm in the inside. I couldn't care less what people think about the outside. I mean, I, I do want it to look kind of nice or whatever, but um, yeah, I, I want to know like the the seats and the the how comfortable it looks and, you know, the the dash and the gizmos and the gadgets and all that stuff. That's what I care about. So that's me. I, 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 I live in that thing. I want to know what it's like on the inside. I'm not as interested as what's under the hood, and I certainly couldn't care as much as most people about the outside. But it's funny because it clearly goes to the psychology of most people. Most people care about the outside. What do people see when I go driving by? Which I think is kind of dumb, but whatever. I mean, I want it to look kind of nice, but I'm all about the inside, man. That's why I loved my uh, 93 Chevy Astro van. You want to talk about classic cars? That was it. That was the best car I ever had in my life. It was so comfortable driving in that thing. You're sitting up high, massive windows. Looking out the back was a little tough with the, uh, you know, the doors and whatnot. But I would love to be able, and, and I'm kind of upset that they don't make those vans anymore, the big vans with like the curtains and the seats that swivel and the tables in the middle and whatnot. I would get one of those in a second. I know they still exist and you can buy them, but I wish they would still manufacture them. That's what I want, you know, most comfortable seats in the world. But nobody wants it because it's ugly. The outside and the inside are ugly. I couldn't care less, dude. I want comfort. I want to feel good. I want to be in my little command center or my spaceship with all my buttons and my gizmos and my gadgets. Packer stars, I mean, yeah. Favre and Rogers, Bart Star. Whole gang, man. Um, Tyler said, should I get steak or chicken for my Chipotle burrito? And I feel like this is just a test. Um... I hope it's just a test for me, and, and I plan on passing the test when I tell you steak. By the way, uh, Tyler later said, just to let you all know, they were out of steak, so I walked out of that establishment. So we're all on the same page here. Anyways, I think we got to the bottom of the list. It's possible that I missed some, and if so, I apologize. But we're going to end with uh, Thomas Austin. What's a random food combination you'd try? What was something? Oh, just yesterday. You're talking about pizza or whatever, and... and my wife made a comment about steak pizza, and it's like my mind just exploded. Like, excuse me, where's the steak pizzas? Why is steak pizza not a thing? I mean, I'm sure it's a thing somewhere. In fact, I'm going to Google it right now, steak pizza. Yeah, you type it in, it's like steak pizzaiola. Like, no, 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 no. Steak pizza. First thing here, Philly cheese steak pizza. No. Nope, steak pizza. Garlic and herb steak pizza. No, nope, I don't want that. I want sauce and cheese and steak. Philly cheesesteak, Philly cheesesteak. I don't want that, dude. Steakhouse pizza. What's the steakhouse pizza from the Pioneer Woman? She put barbecue sauce on it, dude. Come on, man. Steak pizza with peppers and onions. I mean, at least some people are doing it, but come on. Philly cheesesteak pizza. Uh, Guga food. See, I just told you about Guga, man. This dude is on it all the time. Steak pizza. Today we're Let's making go. a steak pizza. Yeah, Guga. I don't know what kind of weird steak that is, but that's the other thing. Well, see, now I'm torn. If you're going to do it, you should do it right and get a real good cut of steak and put it on the pizza. But at the same time, then it's like, well, now you're now it's blasphemous that you would do that to a steak. And I get it. You don't want to add pizza to a good steak. You're ruining the steak. So I don't know. It's kind of like uh, I saw somebody do a uh, like a homemade McRib 
And all they did is they put like slits down where the bones are, cook the ribs so you can just pull the bones out when it's done. Now you've just got like a, a big slab of, of ribs and then you throw it on a bun. And it's like, great. I'm glad that you were able to do that, but you have just completely ruined a delicious, beautiful slab of ribs. But, you know, if you do it a lot, why not? So yeah, I'm on board. Get some good steak, put it on a pizza. It's got to be high quality. If I'm putting steak on it, I don't want some Domino's garbage. Like I want good pizza. So that's the combination I want. I want somebody to make a really good steak pizza, really good ingredients, great crust, delicious homemade tomato sauce. Not like that stuff at Pizza Hut where they put sh- just a pound of sugar in it and all this stuff. What is with all the sugar, by the way? The, the, even the crust is sweet. I'm not, I mean, it's good. I'll t- listen, I'll give me one right now. If you want to buy me a pizza, I will give you my address. You go ahead and order me as many pizzas as you want. If I wasn't so afraid of stalkers, that would be pretty funny. I would just put my address on there and I would say, listen, send me stuff. You can send me a pizza, some Chinese food, a hamster, like whatever. It would be hilarious. But I know we get some creepy stuff. Some weird stuff would happen. Somebody show up in my house or whatever, and my wife would be like, you have to quit the podcast. We can't do this anymore. And we have to move. And that would be a nightmare. That would be funny, though. All right, anyways, why are Bears fans so delusional? I don't know. It's kind of weird. I mean, again, they were delusional for many, many, many years. And then they kind of gave up hope, and Justin Fields gave them hope. And so now they're going back into crazy town. Now they're back into we're going to rule the North and all this stuff. I don't understand it. What's your favorite Sonic slushy or flavor? I, I wish I'd spent more time at Sonic. I've only been maybe twice in my life. And I remember the first time I went, it was a life-changing experience. The burger was delicious. I forget what it was, if it was the burger or the shake that I had that, that was so earth-shatteringly good. But I know the experience was amazing. And every time I pass the Sonic, it's like, dude, we got to go there sometime. But we never really go out to eat. We don't really go out. I mean, we, we, I shouldn't say we don't get fast food. My wife picks up Culver's. Uh, it feels like twice a week, usually just for the kids, but it's like, you want anything? And sometimes I'll grab something, but the kids are obsessed with Culver's. Culver's, by the way, if you'd like to advertise on the show, I'd be happy to promote your stuff. Pizza Hut, you're also welcome. Although I maybe disparage you a little bit. Sorry about that. Again, I'll eat it. It's good pizza. I'm just, just talking about, don't worry about it. But seriously, it's like, what do you, what do you, anytime you offer a suggestion, like, what do you guys want to do? You want to get some food? Culver's, like, do you want, how about McDonald's or like, anything else ever Culver's how about like a fancy restaurant like something soup no we want Culver's like okay whatever it's good I mean don't get me wrong it's just like it's the same thing who is your first celebrity crush so I don't know if I've act well that's not true there, there have been times when I was younger when whatever but the only I the, the only actual celebrity crush that I ever really remember and usually you think of like an actress or something it wasn't an actress it was gymnast Carly Patterson that was it. And I don't, I don't really know what it was. We were watching the Olympics and I was like, dang, dude. All right then. But I can't think of any like actresses or musicians or anything. Favorite Claytonism. Man, I haven't, I haven't been making a list. I don't know, but him talking about giving Mountain Dew to the baby always cracks me up. I did ask Robot to come up with some of his own uh, Southern sayings. Here's some of my favorites. Slicker than a greased pig at the county fair. You're as welcome as a skunk at a lawn party. These may already be sayings. They're supposed to be made up. I haven't heard them. Busier than a one-armed paper hanger in a windstorm. He's got more excuses than a possum in a hen house. That boy's about as handy as a pocket on a shirt. And finally, you can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. So there you go. Anyways, y'all, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm tired. Y'all have a good day. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.